Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Strike hit. Max Scherzer strikes out the side of the seventh inning. Seven scoreless innings. 11 strikeouts. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Shea Station Podcast. It's episode 128. We're wearing the same clothes we wore on Monday. It's been three days. We haven't showered or we're recording this back-to-back. Who's to say? I'm one of your co-hosts, Jack, a.k.a. Jolly. Joining me is Jerry Blevins. Jerry, are you excited for today's episode? I am. This one This one hurts me. This this top 10 NL East pitcher list is was difficult. Mm. Um, I still am uneasy about my ordering, about my criteria for which I ranked these guys. Uh, it was hard for me. Um you know, we talked a little bit last episode about our top 10 position players and, right. and the fact that Harper wasn't number one still kind of irks me. And <laughs> I can't believe I don't have it with how much I love him as a player. But sure. again, defense, we're, we have uh, this one. This one hurts me because ranking pitchers these are you know, strikes me at my core. These are your guys. These are my people. These are your coworkers. These guys do the same thing that you did. I mean, yep. I have I have certain things that I, for those who don't know, we're ranking the top 10 pitchers in the National League East. I have certain things that I definitely prioritize more than other things that we'll get into a little bit. But the NL East is robust with starting pitching talent. There's like two aces on every major team here, except for the Nationals. I don't think there's going to be any Nationals on today's list again, which is it's tough. Yeah, spoiler alert. I don't have any on my I don't list. have any. I don't even have them in my snubs. They're not, they didn't even sniff it. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a Marlin though. I'm sure you know who it is, but we'll get to that in a little bit because he is high up there. Uh, but I think we'll roll the same way we did last time. We'll do some snubs. We'll do our 10 through six, and then we'll give five through one. They're, they're just due. Does that sound good? That sounds good. I'll let you go first. That way um, I can think about mine for a little longer. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to mull a little bit. Cause I can tell, <laughs> I think last time you were very sure of yourself this time. You're a little uneasy. Well, you know, again, I ranked my position players, how I wanted them. And mm. I had my list pretty much solid. I moved it around a bunch. This list I have, and there's some players that I just can't move around. I, yeah. I have too much attached to them emotionally. You know, it's my craft that, that, you know, so this one's harder for me. Yeah, it's tough. Once I get to like six, it get, it gets pretty tough. I'm I'm comfortable with everything else though. So see that uh, my top five was was much easier for me to to lay out. It's my six through ten that was really hard. It's still hard. Okay. For me right now. I'm curious then. I'm excited. Um, I'll start with with a couple snubs because there are some guys that I think definitely could have battled for the ten spot. The ten spot was kind of a little bit of a wild card for me. Um. I mulled over a couple Phillies, but I ended up not including them. And that includes Ranger Suarez and Tywan Walker, who are going to be great this year for the Philadelphia Phillies. Tywan Walker was excellent last year, had what I thought was the best season of his major league career. Um, You know, really conquered those second half woes. And Ranger Suarez was an absolute dog in the playoffs uh, for the Phillies last year. 
He's a guy that really bounces between the rotation and bullpen, but finally settled in last year as a starter. I think there's more to come for him. He's only going to be 27 years old, and the Phillies have some studs in their rotation, but those two guys do not crack my top 10. Um, I, too, have Ranger Suarez as my honorable mention. Yeah. Um, some of these guys that I had, like, just missed, I wanted to shout out A.J. Minter. Mm-hmm. Who's a reliever, lefty, absolutely dominant, uh, just completely underappreciated by anybody that doesn't get to watch him pitch. Right. He's a reliever again. He's middle. He's not their closer with Iglesias there. Um, Mike Soroka didn't make my list. He hasn't mm. pitched in a few years, but he is very good. He was the ace in 2019. Like yeah. he was the guy, and then he blew his Achilles out twice. Um, tough. And yeah, then mean, he got Cy Young votes that year too. People forget. Dude, he's so good. He's, he's a, a you know a sinker baller in an era when that wasn't huge. I think you know his. I hope he bounces back. You he's know, their he's number five he's, right now too, which is crazy. Yeah, which is wild. <laughs> it's scary. What a rotation if that's if he shows up. <laughs> and then the other one, uh, I, Charlie Morton didn't make my list. Yeah, he didn't make mine either. Yeah, and he's that was hard. Um, so they're so good. Uh, those are the names that, that didn't make it. Trevor Rogers was one that mm. like he could have a bounce back and, and show us like, Hey, you don't respect me, but he had such a down year last year. And I was big on Lizardo, but he also didn't make my list. That was the guy, the Marlins got for Starling Marte when they traded him to the, yeah, A's. he's a, he's a boy of mine. Like I love, I love him. He, uh, we became friends when he was in Oakland and yeah. I was there with him. Uh, he's found a home in Miami. He is a Miami native. That's cool. He has huge upside and stuff. Uh, and he's a lefty. Uh, so he could skyrocket on this list. He's got, he's got, uh, a high ceiling. So, but you got to do it. You got to have a little bit of a track record, uh, to show up here. And he's been oft injured. I agree with that. So yeah, there, there were some tough snubs here. Uh, but kicking off my list is a lefty, which I'm very happy to include a guy that, had a couple tough years coming into last year and then really found it again for two different teams in the NL Central. The newest member of the New York Mets rotation among some other new faces. My number 10 is going to be Jose Quintana. Uh, this is a guy that's been doing it for a while. Had a really sharp peak with the White Sox back in the day. Involved in a huge Cubs trade between the two uh, teams that shared the same city. He's been up and down, but last year he was absolutely fantastic. He was the MLB leader in home run per nine rate at 0 0.4. He had a 2.93 ERA through 165 innings with a 1.2 whip. Uh, I think he's a great get for the Mets rotation. He's a very sneaky number four. Uh, in a perfect world, I would have seen a year of Kodai Senga and maybe put him here, but obviously if you haven't pitched in the bigs, I can't put you on this list just out of, you know, my brain tell me what to do. But Jose Quintana, I think, is a very fitting number 10. Honestly, any of the guys that we mentioned for the snubs probably could have made this, made this spot. But, you know, I want to get my Mets on the list. What can I say? I love it. I didn't I didn't bring him up in snubs because I thought you might have him on your list. Mm. Uh, I don't have him on my list. Okay. I think he is deserving. He's only just turned 34 uh, like a week ago. So happy belated. He's a uh, a Colombiano. He's a very underrated pitcher. He just gets things done. Yep. He's not going to win a Cy Young, but he's going to be an absolute innings hog. He's going to be great. And he's a lefty. I like this as your number 10 pick. Uh, that's, that's an underrated, underappreciated player. Um, and again, another Mets signing that, that could be uh, incredible. Absolutely. 
my number nine is, is tough. I really thought this guy would have landed higher after the year that he had last year. It was his first full season, which is part of the reason why it put him a little bit lower because you want to have more of a track record if you want to get higher here. But man, I mean, this guy won 21 games. He made 30 starts through 180 innings. I really thought he'd get higher, but Kyle Wright is going to be my number nine. Uh, I, this guy could easily figure his way into like a seven or six spot for me. Um, he was really, really good. Also was the wins leader in MLB, if you care about that. He had 21 wins last year, and he was solid. He finished 10th in Cy Young voting, had a 1.1 whip. Uh, really, really good for the Braves, a part of this Braves rotation that could be very, very scary next year with some guys that we'll mention a little bit later on. Uh, in, in my list, I have seven guys at the top that I consider you know, the marquee starters of the NL East. And I think he's, he's right outside that. And he could make me eat my words this year, but I have him as the next best thing outside of that echelon. So he's going to be my number nine. He's, he's on my list uh, as well. I think he, he's a huge draft pick first rounder Yeah, out of, out of uh, Vanderbilt. This guy is a stud. He was a victim of having to be competitive. Right come up when your team is trying to win a world series. So he didn't get a chance to iron out some of it, what it takes to be a big leaguer because you got to be effective when your team's winning. It's hard to be a starting pitcher uh, or a pitcher in general, especially a starter when your team is trying to win the world series because you can't have bumps and bruises. You can't error. So he didn't get a chance to learn. And so technically he's a late bloomer at 26 years old. Crazy. Uh, yeah. Right. He comes up and he's great, man. He, he's got that excellent curveball, kind of like Charlie Morton. Yeah. Um, he used to throw 99. Uh, he's learned how to sink the ball a little bit more and curveball slider. Uh, he's nasty and I think he's only going to get better. So uh, I like that pick. Yeah, it was, it was a tough number nine in my brain. He, he landed a little bit higher, but when I mapped everything out, that's where he landed. Uh, my number eight is going to be the only reliever that I have on this list. And there's really only one reliever that belongs on this list. It's the best closer in the national league, maybe in baseball that just got a huge bag on a five-year deal. Edwin Diaz is my number eight. He had an unbelievable season last year, a 1.3 ERA in 62 innings, locked down 32 saves, got top 10 in Cy Young voting, made the all-star team, struck out 118 dudes, good for a 17K per nine. Uh, he rightfully got paid this offseason. Uh, I'm very glad the Mets have this, uh, this closer position locked down for at least the next five years. Uh, and it was tough because I wanted to get more relievers involved. AJ Minter was on my snubs list as well. But I think in terms of premier closing talent, the guy that gets the ninth inning, the only real guy I could put here was Edmund Diaz. So he's my number eight. Yeah, I, I agree with you on everything. Um, he's the best reliever in baseball, him in class A. Yep. You know, it's hard to be a reliever. You don't throw enough innings to make a big enough impact for me to to truly climb this list. Um, he can do that. He's mm. capable of throwing more innings, um, but having that shutdown ninth uh, is incredible. Um, it's it's a, it's almost hard to explain to a team how nice it is to know that the door is going to get slammed closed um, in the ninth inning with a one run lead. Like it's exactly. it's just it's so blessed. It's such a blessing. So yeah, for sure, Edwin Diaz. So yeah, he's my number eight. And then this is where from seven on, this list got pretty particularly tough for me uh, in terms of ranking all these starters because there's so many good starting pitchers in the National League East. Uh, this guy, I think by the end of next year, could be top three. Right now, I have him at number seven because he has the one full season in the big leagues. 
split time between the rotation and bullpen and was an absolute stud. Uh, Spencer Strider of the Atlanta Braves is going to be my number seven, just on account of volume. I think innings is a thing that I prioritized a lot in this list. He did strike out 202 batters in just 130 innings, which is a ludicrous amount of strikeouts. Uh, he finished runner-up in Rookie of the Year voting to his teammate, Michael Harris. Uh, had a whip under one, an ERA of 2.67. And when he was healthy and right, he was dominant. I think he ran out of gas a little bit towards the end when they had those Phillies games in the NLDS. Uh, but I think with larger workloads and as he builds himself up, he's going to be a problem uh, for Mets and Phillies fans for many, many years to come. Already got his bag from the Braves as well. He is my number seven. I'm with you, man. Uh, again, the it's only tough. thing holding him back from upper, you know, climbing this list is innings pitched and track record for me. The more exposure you get in the league, the more the advantage goes to the hitter because they see you more often. So there is a, an ability for him to slide back, but his stuff is is off the charts. His Ks per nine is like reliever, um, but he also threw 130 innings. So uh, he can't can't be super elite until you've done it a little bit longer. The fact that he has a 200 strikeout season with only 130 innings pitched. Insane. Is, it's absurd. So uh, he burst onto the scene, and let's see if we eat crow because he shows us that he's a top three kind of guy. Very Very capable. He's, he's a Cy Young caliber talent. So, Yeah, and then this next one's tough. This is, this is tough. You're at number six. I'm at number six, and so someone just gets a, a short stick here, you know, because there's – in my brain, there's six great pitchers in the NL East that have the track record, have proven they can do it, and one of them has to get bounced. And for me, the guy that gets bounced from the top five is Aaron Nola, who comes in at my number six spot. It's tough because I love innings eaters, and Aaron Nola has thrown over 200 innings three times in the last five years, which is an insanely impressive thing to do. 2020 is one of those years, by the way. Um Analytical guys love him. He doesn't always get the results because he is a ground ball pitcher as well as strikeouts. And, you know, the Phillies defense isn't amazing. But at the same time, he struck out, how many guys? 235 batters in 205 innings last year. A 3.2 ERA, fourth in Cy Young voting, was amazing in the World Series for the Phillies as well and throughout the entire playoffs. So I actually, you know, let's factor that in as well. 205 innings in the regular season, and then you add on an additional 25 innings in the playoffs. That's good for 225 on the year. This guy's a dog. He's going to be a free agent in a couple of years, and I hope the Mets are a team that goes after him because he is a proven winner. He's been doing it for them for years, rarely gets injured, and is just reliable through in uh, – and I mean, he did have kind of a, a, a down 2021, a 4.63 ERA. So I kind of used that as an excuse to put him a little bit lower, but it was tough. I mean, he was in my top five for a while, but he'll land at my number six. Uh, I, I get it. I'm all those things. He, I think he might be the most underappreciated pitcher, maybe in the league because of what he does. I value everything that he does. He strikes guys out. He eats innings. He gets ground balls. Um, Brutal. I love him. I love Aaron Nola. Um, so I, I get how you feel about it. Yeah, that, that was that was a tough uh, card to deal him, but he's going to be my number six. Uh, that's the first half of my list. Uh, the top five. So many talented guys pitching in the NL East right now. We're truly blessed. <laughs> it's crazy. Yep, I'm with you, man. So that's your top or bottom five. Here's mine. Have you made We're any audibles? Start. What's have, that? Have any changes been made? Did you make an audible? I didn't. I'm going to okay. keep mine the same. I like that. I like that. Yeah. So I'm going to stick with it. At number 10, 
the only reliever that made my list, the same as yours, Ooh, Edwin Diaz is okay. my number 10. Um, the only thing holding him back from being elite and and climbing this ranks is innings pitched. You just yep. don't have the impact on a season. You know, you make it to the World Series and 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 you're the guy shutting it down all the time. You can climb this list because your impact is is greater than when it becomes postseason. But the Mets have to get him there. Yeah. Um, so he's number 10 for me. I thought it was going to go one of two ways. I thought you were going to put your reliever brethren higher or at the very tail end, and you went with number 10. Yeah. I respect I it. almost didn't put him on the list, wow. but he was so good last year. Got it. He was so good last year that it would be hard for me not to appreciate what he did. So of course. he has, in order for him to stay on this list, he has to be as good as he was last year. He's got to be elite. So, totally. Yeah, you it. have to be incredible. Yep. Um, at number nine, a guy that was one of your snubs, um, I think is another super unappreciated pitcher, and his name is Taiwan Walker. Oh, okay. I like that. Um, he's going into his age 30 season. I think he really figured out who he is. He was another you know, high draft pick, high uh, top prospect that had some bumps and bruises, has a history of injury, and I think he just figured himself out. Now, he doesn't throw 200 innings like the guys at the top, so he's he's not quite at that, you know, that top caliber pitcher. But for me, what he does is is he throws 160 innings and he has an incredible ability. He has a sub three five. He had a tough second half of 2021, mm. but he was an all-star in 2021. He should have been an all-star in 2022. I think he was well deserving of it. Uh, and he's just one of those workhorses. He's a guy that if you have Edwin Diaz and you have Taiwan Walker. Um, which guy makes more of an impact on your team throughout? Mm. You know, that's a hard balance. But for me, with Taiwan Walker being as good as he is, he deserves to be number nine. And I think his ceiling is – I think we haven't seen the best of him because I think he could log more innings at 30. He's learned his body a little bit more. Uh, baseball such a strange sport when it comes to being a professional because you figure things out and if you – learn your routine, what it takes to, to keep your body healthy. You can, you can start to learn in your thirties, what you didn't know in your twenties and you can be even better. So he's at number nine for me. Yeah. I mean, the Phillies have him as their number four right now, which is a crazy luxury. I mean, we got, we had the privilege to watch him for a couple of years with the Mets and he really did find his own calling after a couple of years of injury woes. And then the shortened 2020 season, we didn't really know what kind of workload he'd be able to manage, but back to back years, he threw nearly 160 innings was great in the first half both times, had that 2021 that you mentioned. He was a tough snub for me because I've seen him at his best, and when he is at his best, Taiwan Walker is an insanely good pitcher uh, with, like, number two upside in a rotation. So I, I like that he made your list for sure. Yeah, respect for Taiwan Walker. Got also him. a good Twitter follow. He's oh, sure. uh, started to engage a little bit more. I've seen that. I told him I was worried about, you know, the gout coming because he consumes so much red meat. Dude, so. he's a barbecue guy through and through every <laughs> night. You know, Jesus. he probably got a new toy, a new grill, so he's keeping it up. <laughs> but uh, this is this six, seven, eight. Like I said before, this was the hardest part for me. Okay. Um, because the order is unfair, I think. Um, these are all guys that get whatever. So I, I'll just start and then I'll explain it as I go. So okay. at number eight a guy that was also on your list at number nine, I have Kyle Wright. Okay. 
Kyle Wright, for all the things you said, um, deserves to be higher possibly. And he's, he's nasty. He finished 10th in the Cy Young voting last year. Um, I still think he's capable of, of winning a Cy Young. I really do think that he can find another level. Um, he threw 180 innings last year. Again, 21 wins. Uh, he only gave up 156 hits in 180 uh, 80 innings. That's wild. His strikeout numbers, I think, could go up. They kind of faded off. He he kind of lost a little bit of that bite on some of his breaking ball. Sure. But I think that goes to he hasn't thrown that many innings in his life yet. So I think now that you have that under your belt, you could go. And so I think he might have a chip on his shoulder as Spencer Strider gets all this publicity and all this love, I think Kyle Wright might use that as a uh, motivation um, to be like, look, you guys forget about me or you mm. overlooked me, you know, whatever the case may be, uh, I'm better than that. And yeah. so I think it might be a friendly rivalry thing that makes everybody better. Um, a Greg Maddox, Tom Glavin, you know, um, that kind of, you know, chase, so. Yeah, I mean, that's what kind of what we're looking at. I mean, it's a rotation crowded with talent. Charlie Morton was great in 2021. I feel like people forget about that. You said Strider's getting all the love and deservedly so for sure. Kyle Wright could realistically profile as like the Braves number four or something. And I got to think that's got to get him the itch to be better. A very sneaky 180 innings for Kyle Wright, too. So I'm glad that he made your list a little bit higher than mine. Yeah. And then uh, on, at number seven is the other end of that. That's Spencer Strider. Okay. Um, 130 innings. So I, I had a hard time putting Kyle Wright underneath Spencer Strider, but I feel like Spencer Strider has already shown his dominance, like pure dominance. Mm. Um, and that's the reason it feels like his upside's easier to achieve than Kyle Wright's. The case per nine is absurd, but those two were hard for me to to pick because of just a, a volume of of innings it's easy like if he look at what trevor rogers did last year yeah you know what i mean he didn't have this the same first year as spencer strider but he was really good but he was really good and then faded off it's very possible the league can figure you out you can have little nagging injuries and and whatever the case may be you may not be as dominant as you were your first year it just easy to fall off. So he he's my number seven. That's a great comparison too. Honestly, like 130 innings runner up in Cy Young, like the same exact thing, 2.6 ERA. So, I mean, it could happen, you know? Yeah, it's possible. And it happens all the time. People are often, you know, the next thing and then it, it fades. And so it's possible, but I think he's the real deal. And I mm. think the Braves agree with the, with the contract. So yeah. he is my number seven. We are at number six, and this is – you're right. Uh, our top six is the same as far as the same. These are the guys that are elite. Um, and ironically enough, you and I have snubbed Aaron Nola. Okay. And this one was a hard pill because he does everything that I value at a peak level. The biggest thing for me is his down year in 2021 where he had a, a sky-high 4.63 – in 32 innings. Um, but that was sarcasm if you didn't catch that. Yeah, no, I caught that. And then I just don't think his ceiling, even though in 2018 he pushed for a Cy Young, I don't think his ceiling is Cy Young, where I think everyone else is just has that extra bit that's better than him that makes him 
He's he could be a number one on every team, uh, but he's he profiles in the best of rotations as a number two. It's hard for me again Stuff. because he's so reliable, so valuable. He can win a Cy Young, but I think if somebody else has a great year, it happens a lot like 2018, where he's he's you know always a bridesmaid, never the bride kind of thing. So no, sorry, Aaron Nola, he's you deserve like, better. But you're my number six. One of my favorite pitchers to watch. I mean, if it wasn't a Phillies guy, I mean, I would love watching all the starts. And I mean, Peripheral still loved him in 21 in that down year. But yeah, I just when you look at the top five, which is going to be you know the same guys between us. I just don't think he has the right edge over any of them, but man, it, it's tough. It's a, it's a very tough number six, like, kind of like the position players list too. That was a tough number six as well. So that was hard. Yeah. So that's, that's my 10 through six. And now we're, now uh, we're into it. That was hard for me. That yeah, really man. was, uh, like, that yeah, was, this is more personal for you, you know? Yeah. No, there, <laughs> I just feel like Aaron Nola and I do it now. If I'm doing it, I feel like he's always underappreciated. Um, I love watching him pitch that curveball's nasty. I like his like little, his knee, like leg kick. I like just watching him. He's got him, a man. fun windup, like an underrated he does. He's wind got up. that little, like, you know, the leg that dips back and then spikes through. Like it's, I like his personality. I like his, his mannerisms, he's calm, cool, and collected, doesn't show tons of emotion, just puts his head down, does an amazing job. And in a world when everybody's celebrating and, and showing celebrations, to to have a guy put on his, his hard hat and carry his, his mm. lunch pail to work every day and just be elite is a breath of fresh air. Yeah, and honestly, it was it was really nice kind of seeing him become the bride in the Phillies playoff run too. Because I feel like that that's the those are the performances I remember more than you know the Zach. Yeah, starts, I know now Ranger I'm Soros regretting starts. having it's him tough. at number six. You know, it's How tough. Dare you? I'm sorry. I didn't the playoffs should count. They do because they do. when your team needs you, they're the most that's important. That's when you're there. Yeah, and oh, I hate that you said that before I revealed my number five. But I guess do you want to go right into it? I guess. Yeah, we'll... let's do it. So. I'll start and I'll go with my okay. number five first. Uh, and it is, you know, kind of, I guess, symbolic of what you just said in the wrong fashion in terms of playoff starts definitely should count. Uh, Cause this guy in the regular season was a joy to watch. Uh, you know, you spent some time a little a bit injured, uh, but still made 23 starts uh, was kind of a, a key move for a team looking to start taking themselves a little bit more seriously and get back into the playoffs. Did not do great in his playoff start, but, in terms of track record, in terms of volume, strikeouts, all of that, uh, my number five, which seems a little bit low to me, but in terms of the guys in front of him, I think this is this is his spot. It's going to be Max Scherzer for me, uh, number five. A um, little bit low, I know, but you know you have two Cy Young winners ahead of him. You have a couple other aces as well, and you know we we talked about it on a prior Shea Station episode in terms of. Who is going to get the opening day start for the Mets now? I do think Max Scherzer is the number two in the Mets rotation, a great number two, probably the best number two in baseball. And for me, it was an innings pitch thing again. He only threw 140 innings last year. He's going to be older next year. We'll see how that goes. But still a 2.29 ERA, 173 punchouts. Uh, was unbelievable for the Mets during the regular season. I think that wild card start did leave a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth, and that's probably why I have him a little bit lower uh, but at the same time, I have Aaron Nola below him. So, like, I don't know what my rationale is becoming. But anyways, <laughs> he's my number five. Hey, no, I get it. it. It's hard to justify. Again, this is what ranking is. It's like, I, I give you respect as a Mets fan to, to put Max Scherzer, who impact on a franchise, you know, 
I think his impact will be greater than after, you know, when all the dust gets settled on, he just legitimized Stevie Cohen's ownership early. I think regardless if he signs or not, this is going to continue to happen because of determination. Right. But really early, he was like, all right, I'm in. That makes everybody else an easier yes. Um, you know, I'm not sure if Verlander makes that decision, if Scherzer does it the year right. before. Right. Whatever the case may be, uh, I love Max Scherzer, you know. It's just tough, not man. only in the playoffs, but in, in Atlanta down yeah. the stretch, you know, so two that biggest was starts two of the tough year. ones, but five. Wow. Five. It just seems so low for a guy that's won multiple Cy Youngs, has won the World Series, has done everything you can basically do in baseball. But he is, you know, he's at the tail end of his career and uh, I'm going to be thinking about it for sure. I'm going to be thinking about it, but I guess that must mean he must have landed higher on your list. So I'm interested to see see who's your number five. Do you want me to give you my number five now? I think I think I do. Okay, let's do that. We'll go back and forth. Yeah. Um. So my number five is well. I mean, I'll just get right into it. My number five is Zach Wheeler. Wow. Okay. So for me, Zach Wheeler is. You love Zach Wheeler. I do love Zach Wheeler, and I think it's because. I think it's because he has Cy Young capabilities. Yeah. And now I think with the way the Phillies have set up their rotation and their bullpen that they don't have to, I think he should have won the Cy Young in 2021. Right. I think I gave him a bonus because of all those extra innings that he threw compared to Corbin Burns hurt his overall numbers because the Phillies had nobody in the bullpen behind him and Aaron Nola had a down year. And so he was throwing the seventh, eighth and ninth innings out of sheer will for the team. Right. And I value the hell out of that. Um, last year, he only made 26 starts and threw 150 innings. So he is going to be 33 this year. Um, but he's pure dominance when he's on, he's a, an easy cheese, 97, 96 up. Always have a, he's had a sub one, one the last two years and whip. The guy is just nasty, and I think he lands somewhere in the middle with the way the Phillies have set up. I think he's going to throw 180-plus innings, and that will be that kind of sweet spot for him to be maxed out on his stuff and not have to throw those back innings um, and really hurt his overall number. So I like Zach Wheeler. It is very personal. That's where I got. That's why he's above Aaron Nola because I love him as a person too. Um, and so he is my number five. Yeah. I, uh, I thought he was going to be higher on your list. Cause I know that you, you have that. I kind of, you've kind of swayed me too on the fact that he probably should have won the 2021 Cy Young. I obviously was biased cause I picked Burns and I wanted Burns to win, but at the same time, man, he led the league in innings. He led it in complete games and shutouts and strikeouts, like all major counting stats a year ago, Zach Wheeler was at the top of the food chain. And he still wasn't bad last year. 26 starts and a 2.82. He did throw 153 innings because he dealt with some injuries, but was big for them in the playoffs still. And, I mean, Nola and Wheeler, it doesn't get much better than that 1-2 at the top. It's tough to have him low because, like you said, his ceiling is the National League Cy Young, but there are literal multiple Cy Young winners in our division now that we have to rank accordingly. Uh, Zach Wheeler was my number four. He followed up Max Scherzer on my list. Um, I had him as low as six and as high as two because I really didn't know where I wanted to put him because 
I still feel like we haven't seen the best of him yet. I, f- I still feel like we haven't seen the Zach Wheeler Cy Young season that we will eventually see and will probably kill us as Mets fans, knowing that that could have been in the blue and orange. But at the same time, Zach Wheeler is so, so good. He pitches dominantly in a hitter-friendly ballpark, deals with defensive woes behind him, and still puts up elite caliber ace numbers. And it was tough to have him as low as four, considering that he probably would be the number one in many other divisions. But at the yeah. same time, uh, he's going to be a little bit lower at my number four. Nice. Respect it. Got him. So at my number four, it's Max. Okay, cool. Freed. Oh, you got me. You got me. <laughs> I got gotcha. uh, you. got me so good. That, wow. Yeah. I have to have Max Freed here. Yeah. Uh, I love everything that he does. I think he might be the most underappreciated pitcher in the National League. Yeah. Simply because the guy does everything. You know, it's not going to be a thing anymore, but the guy won a silver slugger. Mm. Um, he also is a pinch runner. He's like a sick athlete. Um, he won, he's won three gold gloves, I think now, um, yep, he's three an in incredible row. fielder, which is Im- impressive. And as a lefty to be able to cover first base like that, it's incredible. And he falls off. Like I used to, he, he kind of carries over, but he's so fast and so strong that he can bounce back. Um, he probably deserves to be higher on this list. The only thing that he doesn't do that is something that most aces do is strike guys out at mm. an insane clip. Sure. And I don't care about that. He has, he's figured himself out. He was a bit of a late bloomer too. He was a high draft pick, high prospect. Um, came up, had a little bit of a wild streak, but he's been nothing but incredible since the 2020 season. Um, he really kind of ironed himself out in 2019. He threw 30 starts with a four mm. in 2020. He burst onto the scene, um, fifth in Cy Young, won his first gold glove, was 18th in MVP voting. Uh, he was seven and oh that year on 11 starts, figured it out, dominated. Then he followed that up in 2021 year, uh, a year in which they, they won the world series. He went 165 innings as their ace at a three flat. And then he followed that up last year and made 30 starts with a 2.48 finished second in the Cy Young won his third straight gold glove was an all-star for the first time. He's 29. He's underappreciated. I think even on his own rotation, because you have superstar strikeout guys in Spencer Strider. Yep. Um, he's an underrated ace an ace that does things old school um he's also one of the nicest people in baseball he was a great teammate uh, a fun guy Uh, i'm a big fan i follow everything that he does to me max freed is the best version of what i could have done and like if i were better at all the things that i did as a pitcher i could have been max freed if i grew up (laughs) so i love watching him play uh he is undervalued even on my own list at number four so that must have been tough for you jerry you know you had you had your reliever a little bit low your your lefty guy that you emulated a little bit low it hurts that hurts it's got to be it's tugging at your heartstrings a little bit i can see it yeah watching I mean, him pitch it truly is like if i were if i were the best version of myself i would be max freed because we but we are built the same he just he throws a slow curveball uh he's like it, like i said if i grew up to be a pitcher he would have been what i grew up to be 
I mean, Jerry, I think you did pretty all right for yourself. Come on. I did okay, but again, you know, when I, when you're a little kid, you're not dreaming about being, you know, uh, a middle reliever left sure, specialist. Sure, sure, sure. You're dreaming about being a starting pitcher. Absolutely. You know, nowadays guys might dream about being a closer, but you want to be a starter. You, that, that's what you do your whole life. I was a starter all the way up until pro ball. Hmm. Um, so, you know what I mean? I, I, I'm happy with where I ended up, but uh, I think Max Fried is like the A version of what I could have done. Well, I have the A version of Jerry Blevins at my number three. It kind of feels like you're predicting all my next steps. Well, uh, you know, we had this, we have similar. Yeah, you know. I mean, I had him low at the start. I think my first list, he was like number six or something. Um, but a couple things swung him higher for me. One is that he's coming off his best year. And I do think that Max Fried is going to continue to improve because he is that good. I finished runner-up in the Cy Young. Like you said, three gold gloves. I like that you shout out his hitting and his fielding because these are, you know, the smaller things we have to incorporate when we're trying to separate these guys by numbers. And Max Fried excels at both those things because he's a great athlete. Um, but secondly, I do think Max Fried, in terms of volume, he doesn't need those strikeouts because the Braves have other pitchers that do that. They have Spencer Shriders. They have Kyle Wrights. They don't need Max Fried to be that guy. They need him to do what he does best, which is yielding soft contact and getting out of hairy situations and pitching well under pressure. And he does all of those things exceptionally well. Uh, I think you could probably argue to put him below Wheeler and Scherzer, and I wouldn't get too angry in terms of track record. But I do believe... Max Reed is going to continue to turn up a notch. He's only he's going to be 29 next season. I feel like he's entering his prime now. He's in, he's excelled and improved every season, like you mentioned before, from 2019 that first full year to now. And you know we still haven't seen that 200 inning season, so that could be a factor as well. But I do think he'll get there and he'll stay at this level. And uh, I just think in my brain he's always been a top three pitcher in the National League East. Yeah, I love it, man. He's yeah. he's he's one of my favorite pitchers to watch throw. Um, and you know, yeah, we've, I couldn't say, I couldn't say I could sit here and talk about his, how good he is all day long. Um, but he's number three, you have him higher on your list than I do. I know, which is shocking. And at number yeah. three for me, I have the other max. Okay. How is that? Max Scherzer is Don't number three again. on my list. Okay. So this is weird to have him at number three because my entire career, this guy has been the best pitcher in baseball right. almost, right. you know, pretty much number one, um, three times Cy Young, eight time all-star, a world series champion. Um, and last year he, he had an incredible year, you know, yep. he had a two, two, nine last year. Um, that's insane. You know, he had, he only made 23 starts. He only had 145 innings, but that's, that's better than it felt like to me last year for sure his numbers on paper and his they they look better than what i saw last year and i'm not sure why i think it might be because i saw him do it in a different way i think i saw less of his fastball dominance which i think he needs um and I'm a little worried moving forward if it's sustainable being able to do that kind of stuff to pitch deep. You know, the guy's thrown over 200 innings so many times, and that's kind of been his, you know, ace, throw the team on my back, flip the manager off as he pretends to come out and try to take the ball from him and, and like get off my mound kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But what I saw when he went over to L.A., um, because he started to fade towards the end of the year, was his ability to be like, all right, yeah, the guys in the bullpen are better than me at this point in the game. Right. Um, 
And that he loses a little bit of an edge for that. And that might not be fair. You know what I mean? Yeah, that course. might not be completely okay, you know, for me to think. He might show up and throw 230 innings and strike out 300 guys again. That'd be cool. But I don't think he has that in him. And I don't think the Mets are going to allow him to be that. And for that reason, he's moved all the way down to number three for me. Um, a guy... I think he has maybe my favorite resume of any pitcher still out there in the game. You know, Verlander, who's on my list still, spoiler alert, uh, has an MVP. Uh, but Max Scherzer has a 20 strikeout game. Like, yeah. that's unbelievable. He has multiple no hitters. Like, this guy is a fun watch. And so I'm a little worried about, you know, him entering his age 38 year. Of course. Um, which is silly because all he's done is dominate, but I am a little bit worried, which is why he's only at number 30 or at number three for me. No, I mean, I loved your assessment there because you're not, you're not ranking mid 2010 Scherzer. You're ranking current Scherzer. If you're ranking mid 2010 Scherzer, that's three Cy Young's, a 300 strikeout season, the 20 strikeout game. You know, there's so much bold and italic on his baseball reference page. You'd be insane to not put him at number one, but yeah, he's entering his age 38 season. He had two IL stints last year. I think he knows his body well and knows what he's capable of at this point in his career and track record or not going into 2023 and assessing 2022. I don't think you can feasibly say he's the best pitcher in the National League East because there are two Cy Young winners. I repeat this over and over again. There are two Cy Young winners that are going to be in the division this year. But Max Scherzer is such a delight to watch. I'm still glad he's in New York Met. And what you said before, the Mets have to be conscious of the fact that he's probably going to be on this team for this year and possibly next year as well if he doesn't exercise that option. Um, so they got to protect him and put him in spots that he can succeed in. Oh, yeah, and another thing that like is a sign for what he could do this coming year and a positive sign for me is his knowledge. You know, he was talking about it throughout the year when he was dealing with little injuries and some of the injuries, he's like, yeah, now I'm learning things for my off season. I'm learning things I have to train for. My body did this. Now I can counter that move with these things. So there's to doubt him that he's going to come back and throw up 180 innings and, and dominate and win another Cy Young please do that you know yeah. please please doubt this guy who's done nothing but overachieve and and be the best pitcher the guy's incredible um yeah he might show up i wouldn't be surprised if he does win a cy young next year it's still very capable of doing that he's going to get the the best he can out of his body and he's going to train as hard as he can and he's learning things along the way so i wouldn't be surprised but it's it's not guaranteed that he's going to throw that many innings. And that leaves us with our top two, which happen to be the same two guys. No, I no real shock there. I honestly think that the top of this list might've been the easiest part of the entire thing because you have the 2022 NL Cy Young and the 2022 AL Cy Young. And the only real question is which way do you order them? And for me, for me personally, that was an easy question. I don't know about you. Me but too. my number two is the guy that I think will be getting the opening day nod for the Mets entering his age 40 season, a first ballot Hall of Famer, one of the best pitchers of all time. My guy, Justin Verlander, is my number two. And you can use the age argument. But last year, after throwing six innings in two years, missing the entirety of 2021, he came back, he made 28 starts through 175 regular season innings 
had a 1.75 ERA, won 18 games, won the goddamn Cy Young, led the league in whip with the 0.83, led in hit per nine, also threw in the playoffs and won a huge World Series game along the way, conquered some demons there. Uh, no doubt in my mind that this guy needed to be top two, especially coming off a Cy Young win as well. Um, you can use a lot of the same arguments that you use for Scherzer here, but at the same time, he just proved that he can still do it. And I don't know why. I never thought I'd be so, so confident in 40-year-old Justin Verlander, but I am. And I do believe he's a, a rightful runner-up to the top of the list here. That is also my number two in Justin yeah. Verlander. Yeah. Uh, the guy's won an MVP, Rookie of the Year. Won the Triple Crown. Three-time Cy Young. Should be four. Mm. We laughed about it. I think it was a pre-recording that Rick Porcello won. We did chat about um, it. That was the year. Talking about your guy that was the year. Yeah, that was the year that Mrs. Verlander tweeted. <laughs> and I quote, is like, the only only person that gets to fuck Justin Verlander is me. <laughs> Something along those lines. So which clever. is absolutely so hilarious. So good. Um. Major League Player of the Year, ERA title winner a couple times, ALCS MVP. He's had a resurrection to his career, who's already a Hall of Famer. Right. He had a he was the most dominant pitcher, you know, when I was coming up. He he's knocked me out of the playoffs in my two Oakland A's stints in 12 and 13 in game five. Um he's he's incredible. He I watched him throw. 220 innings you know, twice and throw at a hundred miles per hour the whole time. And then I watched him throw a hundred only when guys got in scoring position and, and develop that. And then I thought his career was almost over. Then he has a resurrection when he gets traded to Houston. Mm. This guy is unstoppable. Him and Ver or him and Max Scherzer are the epitome of what separates great pitchers from hall of fame pitchers. Right. Uh, the guys learned to not just accept what the, their body is capable of, and they have pushed themselves to be elite for their entire careers. This guy wants to pitch until he's a he's Tom Brady. Yeah, you know he's going to figure out how long he can pitch. I don't know how. I, I I'm not going to doubt him. He just won the Cy Young after come. I mean, here's here's the example for me. Noah Syndergaard, who I know personally is an absolute animal in the weight room, conditioning, all that, had Tommy John surgery, came back, lost a lot on his fastball. Mm -hmm. He might get it back. He might not. Whatever the case may be, that for me shows like it can happen to anybody. Right. And for Justin Verlander, who's in his late 30s, has Tommy John surgery, comes back and had one of his greatest seasons of all time at 39 years old, like that doesn't make any sense. Really so, doesn't. The only reason he's not number one is because he's 40. Yeah. That's really, he, that's really it. It's, it's the only it. reason. It's it because last year he only threw 175 innings. And if we're nitpicking and creating this list, you got to throw 200 plus and 220. The How about 228? Yeah. You, the guy has, He's he's one of the greatest pitchers of all time. Yep. Um, one of the greatest competitors of all time. He's got an old school mentality. Um, and him and Max Scherzer are again on the same team with that same kind of determination. It's wild to me. So he is my number two, the newly acquired New York Met, uh, Justin Verlander. And our consensus number one should probably be 
everyone's number one at this point. Um, I mean, there there is some debate for sure in this top five, but in terms of pure dominance, uh, both of our number one, uh, he threw six complete games last year, threw 228 and two-thirds innings. That's the highest in MLB, the most we've seen in quite a while. Uh, 32 starts, won the Cy Young pretty much unanimously. Uh, Sandy Alcantara is number one, the first Miami Marlin to appear on either of our lists. He tops this one for me. Uh, a guy that I've had the displeasure of watching dominate the Mets for like four years now uh, is only going to get better as he is only 27 years old going into this season. Uh, locked up on an extremely team-friendly deal for the caliber of pitcher that he is. Uh, he's a monster. He led pretty much all of these guys in terms of major categories like innings pitched and ERA and all that. And I truly believe that we're only going to see him improve this year as he continues to devour 200 inning seasons for the Marlins. Yeah, Sandy Alcantara is the best pitcher in the National League right now. Uh, he's going to be 27 this year. Insane. I don't think we've seen his ceiling. He has discovered who he wants to be, and he wants to be a 230-inning guy, a 250-inning guy. Yep. He throws a 99-mile-an-hour sinker. He doesn't want to strike everybody out, which is why he only had 207, <laughs> because he wants to throw every game be nine-inning complete game. He yep. wants to throw as many innings as he can because he understands that as long as he's standing on that rubber, his team has the best chance of winning. And so he sacrificed some of the more fun stats and K's for nine strikeouts, all that to maximize how he can be the best pitcher for his team. And I truly believe that his style of pitching is the best version of him. It may not be the highest war. He may not have, you know, the most MVP votes because he doesn't strike out guys, you know, like Spencer Strider. Um, I think this version of Sandy Alcantara is, the best in baseball because of his capability. The fact that he's doing it in Miami surrounded by a team of misfit toys. It's a good way um, of putting it. Yeah, it's incredible. And I love watching him pitch. He's a, a fun interview. Like he's super smart and I really enjoy everything about him. He's an absolute monster on the mound at 6'5", 200 20 pounds probably uh he's an animal and i love that he's in the national league east because i get to watch him regularly it's kind of one of those things where even when i was you know a national or a brave i get to watch jacob Degrom pitch right this is this is the new version of of a workhorse that just you don't see in baseball anymore and i think these guys are going to be valued even higher in retrospect and he is easily my number one. It, it it feels kind of symbolic to me that DeGrom is leaving for the American League this year because I do feel like I still probably would have put DeGrom at number one in terms of if he was still with the Mets in terms of all that. But Sandy Alcantara does feel like the new beast of the National League East. There's always kind of been one guy reigning over this division for decades at a time. And I mean, Sandy Alcantara... Last season was worth 8.0 war. I mean, for those who don't understand the gravity of war, Justin Verlander, who we just spoke praises about for about 10 minutes, was worth 5.9. This guy was two wins more valuable than Justin Verlander, just in terms of eating innings and getting deep into games and keeping guys off the base paths. And yeah, like you said, like his his rates are not 
staggeringly high, but when you throw 230 innings, you're still going to get 200 strikeouts. You know, you're still going to get all of that volume. Uh, last season, I think he threw 100 pitch. Yeah, he threw 100 pitches in 20 of his 32 starts. He threw over 110 in 10 of those starts. The dude is an animal. No one really does it like Sandy Alcantara anymore, which makes him all the more fun to watch. Because every time you think you get a hit in the eighth inning, and it's like, oh, okay, they're going to pull him now. Nope, he's still good for like five more outs. It's incredible. Yeah, he is a an absolute monster. Um, love everything about him. So good. <laughs> All right. Glad hey. our list ended up. I like it. Yeah, honestly, like a lot of like I'm glad the the contents like in terms of the players were similar again, but a lot of overlap this time. Our one and two were the same. We had Nola in the same spot as a tough number six. I like it. Strider. Yeah, seven. I think Nola is it was the hardest one for me to see at six. Yeah. Um, I think for both of us, it's a lot we of both good had pitchers, Diaz, man. which is cool. Yeah, we um, had to have Diaz. Come on. Yeah, and so yeah, this I think our lists are solid. Who who was your? I had Taiwan Walker in my list. Who was the guy that you had instead? I I had Quintana. Quintana. So, Quintana. Yeah. I like the bet that the Mets are making there, but that's a discussion for another day. Cool. You went with current Matt. I went with former Matt. Biased. What can I say? Biased. That was good though. Honestly, that was not as a all right heartbreaking. Let me as hear. The Let me players. bring. Give me your top ten lists out there. You know, listeners. Let yeah. me see you. Who? What you think? We'll post another graphic, probably. People will send us theirs or just reply angrily. Who knows? I'm for it. Either way. Who knows? I'm ready. All right, guys. That's another episode of Shea Station as we wind down to March. The days are melting away until pitchers and catchers report. Very exciting. We got fun plans. We do. We got uh, We got exciting. We're not going to break it anytime soon. But Hey, we have a meeting about it in like that's right. 20 Here, minutes. Shortly. Ooh, that's exciting. All right, guys. Until next time, we'll see you soon. Let's go nuts. Let's go nuts.